America isn't easy. America is advanced citizenship. You've got to want it bad because it's going to put up a fight. It's going to say, you want free speech? Let's see you acknowledge a man whose words make your blood boil, who's standing center stage and advocating at the top of his lungs that which you would spend a lifetime opposing at the top of yours. You want to claim this land is a land of the free? Then the symbol of your country cannot just be a flag. The symbol also has to be one of its citizens exercising his right to burn that flag in protest. Now show me that. Defend that. Celebrate that in your classrooms. Then you can stand up and sing about the land of the free. What the hell is that? What would you say you do here? It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Very hard to say my name correctly. You're like, Brian. Yeah, Brian. Yeah. What's your deal, man? Your midweek download destination. I like his style. It's a sort of casual elegance. I'm slaying lame and I'm exposing frauds. This is pathetic. This is embarrassing. Mic drop. Turn off the podcast. It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Note to self, don't change for anyone. Note to self, don't die. Welcome into the show, everybody. This is the Stone On Air Podcast, the weekly dose for September 27, 2017. At Stone On Air on all social media. Stone On Air at Gmail if you'd like to send an email. 301 8080. 301 8080 is the newsmaker line. Call that number 423 301. 8080 and say whatever you want. Act a fool. Throw me a tip. I'm the only one who'll ever hear it. If it's something you want me to know that you do not want broadcast, or I should say podcast, old old habits, right? Um, then just say so. Say, hey, man, this is something I want to let you know, and I don't want you to play it. Now, if you've got information like that, then I suggest that you email it or you uh, hit me up on social media, which is at Stone on Air on every single one of them from... Snapchat to, uh, to to Facebook and just all of them. So if, if you don't want your voice uh, replayed on this show or any of the properties under the Stone On Air uh, umbrella, mind you, is a small umbrella right now, but the goal is this umbrella to be much bigger, then I would not call that and uh, leave a message. It's not something I'm going to do every single week. Um, and also it just depends on what kind of, participation i get it might be a bad idea i mean you guys might not feel like doing that i don't know i i thought it was a just an interesting idea we'll see what happens with it 301-8080-423-301-8080 all right handful of things today first thing before i get to uh the menu if you will for the day i I wanted to say that i got a good response from last week's show when i did kind of the um uh, state of the arts, if you will, they got good uh, Facebooking and Twitter activity, and from uh, from that show, that was a result because of the large Facebook thread from Lacey myself, uh, Danzabar Studios, uh, a bunch of different things she does in town, and I reached out to her, and she actually said it first on one of these threads. Hey, we should do a podcast and talk more about this, and I said that was a, be a great idea. And so I reached out and said, what do you think about throughout a couple of dates? And she said, we'll get, you know, we'll talk more because it is time for a tour stop. I haven't been out live since, geez, I guess it was early July at uh, this one of the Station Street uh, Saturdays uh, concerts that I was down at the Reverie Room. And said so that was in July. So it's been a while. That was a summer tour stop. I need a fall tour stop. So I figured we'll either do this at the Chattanooga Market. I uh, haven't done one of those this year. Or uh, Monica over the Rebel Room texted me the other day and asked me if I wanted to have interest in, in being a part of the a Halloween uh, block party they're going to throw. And I said, well, yeah, of course I do. So I'll be working on that here soon, and, and my, my guest will definitely be Lacey and maybe somebody else uh, from the arts community. And um, I don't know. We'll just go from there and see what happens. So I, I look forward to that, and I'll let you know more as I know. So let's see, what am I going to do? Basically, three segments today, and they're, all, they're pretty simple. The first portion of this, maybe the, the bulk of the show, I'm not sure how long this is going to take me, because I'm not really exactly sure what I'm going to say yet, because I'm trying to be careful how I word some of this stuff. But it's going to be in basically three segments. The first one here in just a couple of minutes, I'll get started with 
this this protesting NFL and 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 Don Trump. And I'm going to come from it from a different angle. I, like I always attempt to do. Sometimes I do it well, sometimes I don't. But that'll be coming up here in just a few minutes. In about 20 minutes or so at Stone's Throw, um, I'll call it irresponsible distribution of information or liars. Um, that I'll also wrap into a... I've, I've, I've said this every now and again, and I, I might try to start using it more because I think it's something we could all hear. Could you just stop being you for a minute? I think about that to myself, and people have said that to me over the years. Can you just not be you for just a minute? And I think about that when I think about the president, and I think about that when I think about some of my really highly charged and highly emotional friends. If it's just this once in this situation, could you just not be you? I think it's a real good thing you could ask yourself, tell yourself, today, in this setting, I think I'm going to just not be me this one time and see what happens. So uh, that'll come up a couple times throughout the show and certainly in the Stone's Throw segment. And in the final segment, is just going to be a recap of the Pilgrimage Fest up in Franklin, Tennessee, which is about 30 minutes outside of Nashville. And an overall pretty big, fun weekend, and I'm just going to kind of lay it out there and uh, just give you a little review of that. So if you don't have any concerns or cares whatsoever about that festival, then feel free to check out at that point if you uh, if you want to or whatever you want to do is cool with me. So we'll get right to it. And going back to the stop being you for a minute. I need Don Trump to stop being him at least just one time. Just once. Somebody. Somebody who has any kind of influence in that White House has to have the courage to say to Donald, you've got to stop being you at least just one time. The perfect time for him to stop being him would have been where we're at right now and the false narrative and the fake outrage that is this these protests in the nfl there is very few people who has any understanding or idea what's going on here who is actually engaging and talking about it the people who do understand try to get away from it try to, to not discuss it. so what do you think about this i don't have anything to say about it because if you want to discuss this from an angle that most people are then you're just you're just you're just foolish. You don't know what's going on here. So amongst the narrative in the social media world, the people having these discussions don't understand what they're talking about. And there's a lot of reasons for that. And I'll let you speculate on what you think those reasons are. But if we needed a litmus test for how emotionally out of control we are in this country, a litmus test to to gauge the level of arrogance and the ignorance and then the mixture of the two which is an especially lethal combination. If we needed a litmus test for how much we hate each other, this story right here, not the protests themselves, the litmus test began the minute Don Trump got involved. This maniacal demagogue who tells it like it is, right, says the things I'm, uh, the, uh, you won't say out loud, which I've never believed and bought in to that bullshit narrative. Oh, he says the things uh, that we're all thinking. He's not saying a damn thing I'm thinking. Don't do that. But he took a story, the protest story in the NFL, that had largely faded, was not much of a thing really at all anymore, getting very little national attention, and he doused it in gasoline, and he detonated it. He did this just to be an asshole. He did it just to be a dick. So he does this on that Friday night in the state of Alabama, a state that ranks 44th in educated citizens, educated citizenry, if you will, from Forbes magazine. Alabama comes in number 44 with three categories used to come up with these, with these, this, these lists. Percent of associate's degree holders and college experience adults, percentage of bachelor's degree holders, and percentage of bachelor's or professional degree holders. 44th. The other ones that make up the round out the rear of the next six, Kentucky, Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, West Virginia. Oh, look at that. Oh, wow. Almost all right here in the south, right around Alabama. Hell, Tennessee, we're not hardly any better. We're 43rd. So now, Trump's got all these numb nuts riled up. And then for the next 24 hours, cable TV news and social media just take over. This is not real. 
these arguments and these narratives. This is fake outrage. This isn't about our troops. This isn't about a flag. This isn't about a song. It's all fabricated. And it is the litmus test that proves our current American society is emotionally out of control, rampant with arrogance, rampant with ignorance, and the lethal mixture of the two. This litmus test proves that we absolutely hate each other and that our society is brain damaged, overreactionary, and emotionally self-controlless. You know, I talk about emotional self-control all the time, social media self-control. The entire society walking around is brain damaged and completely emotionally out of control. So I'm not going to bore you or insult your intelligence with much of this because I feel like I have a quality audience. And I don't want you to feel like I'm barking at you specifically because every now and again I get stuck in my old radio world where I'm talking to a vast amount of people and some of them are just there by happenstance or, or some of them are there just because they forgot to change a channel or you know people come in and out. So you have to grab people and hold them in certain ways and it's a, just a different approach. So I don't want I don't want to bore you or make, make anybody you listening to this thinking that I, when I say you, I mean you. It's a generalized you. This is uh, earlier last week, Fox News, Shepard Smith's show talking with Rachel, uh, that's Bade, I believe, Rachel Bade of Political on the Fox News channel. It, it's very clear that for his base, this is the red meat of all red meat because they're able to reframe this. They're able to say, oh, they're attacking the national anthem. They're attacking, they're attacking the troops. They're attacking the flag. None of which they're doing. They're not doing any of that. They're upset about racial injustice in the country, and they're upset about the things that the president has said. And yet he's able to turn it around for his base. Isn't this all a play to his base? And could it possibly be so that they don't notice there is no health care and North Korea is the biggest mess since the Cold War? Maybe a distraction he wants right now, right? Um, no, it definitely plays up to a corner of his base, a fraction of his base. These protesters were just a few players, and they were barely getting any headlines. And then Trump attacked them and attacked the NFL. Um, people in general don't like it when folks protest the national anthem, but it's become more. Of course, they're not debate, protesting the national the anthem. Right, correct. That's not it's what they're doing. Just yeah, we're complicit. It's become. <laughs> it has become more than just about the flag. And she even still gets it wrong when she's having this conversation with, with Shepard Smith. I didn't listen to the whole thing. I, only, I didn't have enough time to. I just grabbed that when I was searching through some of the, uh, the audio archives. This has become something much bigger than the flag. It was never about the flag. What the hell are you talking about? So even people who are trying to have some kind of discourse here are still getting it wrong, and it's coming across as, well, yeah, well, now it's much more complicated than just the flag. It never was the flag or the song or the anthem. It was just a place to get attention to the, what the protest was, which in this conversation isn't important. So then there's this idea that sports can't have elements of real life, which I find to be absurd. You know, that, that that all the players, they're all greedy because they they make a lot of money and they I do this game for free and why are they complaining about this? It's like they're not even human beings. And then all players should keep their politics to themselves. Why? You don't. You don't shut the hell up about it. So, oh, you can, but they can't because they make a lot of money playing a game that they work their ass off and are percentage-wise over the moon better at their job than you are yours but you can they can't it's a really uh you know intelligent take and the idea of a major spectacle of military flyovers 80 yard american flags with servicemen and women in it itself is a political statement on its own every single game every nfl stadium a, an american flag the size of the entire field minus the end zone meaning an 80 yard flag which touches the ground every time, by the way. I see it at the Titans game every time I'm there. Oh, can't let the flag touch the ground. Well, it touches the ground every time. So, you know, whatever. Throw that one out, I guess. But, I mean, that is a political statement in itself. To some people, that is celebrating American atrocities all over the world. Uh, see Ken Burns' Vietnam? I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying it's a political statement in its own. American presidents have been throwing out opening pitches in Major League Baseball for 100 years. After the 9-11 attacks in, in, uh, in New York, the Mets and the Yankees wore hats. I think it was the Mets wore the fired up FDNY, and, uh, and the Yankees wore 
New York PD, NYPD. Nobody had a problem with that. You shouldn't have had a problem with that. But is it just okay for politics and acknowledgement of real-life events to be involved in sports just as long as everybody's okay with it? Just as long as it fits in with everybody's emotions, then it's okay. But as soon as it's something that somebody might not like, then now, now it's not okay. I, I don't give a damn what you do before the game. I watch the, I watch the football game, and then I go home or turn the TV off or whatever. I still don't know. I talked about this on the podcast not long back in a, at a, a piece out of Yahoo Sports. Why do they do this anyway? And I just found out the other day, it's only been the last, basically post 9-11, that, the, that everybody was on the field for the anthem anyway. Go back 30, 20 years, this didn't happen. The precedent is that the, that the players are not on the field. Long term, going way back, that's a, that's a new concept. Turns out it might not be such a good idea. One of my favorite radio voices uh, of a generation is, and a, and a big, uh, big influence on me is Colin Cowherd from Fox Sports Radio. Sports does different things to different people. I go to games. I'm kind of analytical. It's why I don't go to sports bars. Sometimes I'll go to a game, sit in the end zone, watch the play develop. Some people go to games and they get drunk. I go to games. I want clarity. Some people see sports as escapism. I've never once in my life gone to a game to escape. Not once, ever. Escape what? I love my wife. I love my job. I love my kids. What am I escaping? If you have to go to sports to escape, maybe that's more on you and not the wide receiver who just took a knee. Sports and how you react to sports, it's up to you. But never think everybody reacts the same. People react differently to different opinions. And when I go to a game, I never expect it to be perfect. The parking's always worse than I hoped. Getting out of the stadium's worse. There's always a drunk somewhere in my section. I've sat in sections with vulgarity and fights. The food's never as good as what I pay for it, and that beer's not worth $12. I don't go to football games or athletic events thinking everything's going to be perfect or everybody's going to act the way I would act. I don't look for people to align with my beliefs. I think when you get angry is when you expect people to act the way you would act, to align with your beliefs. I don't pick friends like that. I don't pick arenas like that. I didn't pick a wife like that. And I hope my kids don't believe everything I do. And that kind of brings it all the way back to the brain damage that this country collectively is suffering from. That's really the real problem. I go back to when I talk about the driving thing the other day. It's not bad drivers. It's people that don't know what the hell they're doing in anything in life. They're waiting to be told what to do. They need signage to be able to understand where to go. Who do I vote for? Who do I like? Who do I worship? And it's all about how you, how you raise a family. And it's done in so many culturally different ways in this country. A lot of that's good, but a lot of that's really bad because it creates so much confusion and everybody works in absolutes. Well, this is the way you do things. No, it's not. There's all kinds of different ways to do things. Everybody does it like this. Everybody doesn't do it like that at all. But if you keep telling somebody this growing up over and over, no matter what subject matter it is, from religion to education to sports to valuing family to valuing God to valuing uh, the flag to valuing uh, the, the, the anthem, whatever it is, you build up this, oh, well, that's how this is done because that's what I was always told. We are in a result right now of cultural generational failures, generational racism, generational poverty, generational education or the lack of it, generational angst, generational apathy, generational hate, generational envy. This is a fundamental problem that is a result of the big American machine. This is why you can sit down with intelligent people around the world and talk about the differences in capitalism and communism, and they both have pros and cons. That's why that conversation can be had. You don't have to agree with all the outcome of that conversation, but that's why it can be had, because American culture is fundamentally flawed. And we start making up stuff to get pissed off about now because of the damaged brains and the hyper-uber- emotionally charged overreaction society we're in. It's not really that difficult to understand. 
And then a lot of people run around talking about, and this is shifting gears just a touch, of, well, the, M- the NFL is terrible. The NFL is awful. It's now they're in trouble. Blah, 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 blah. They're not in trouble. Monday Night Football's ratings have been fine the last couple weeks. Things shift. Things change. The NFL was one of the most popular products in the history of anything. It can't keep going up. No matter what your capitalistic, uber, super economics professor told you, it doesn't always keep going up. The NFL has apexed. It will probably not get bigger than it's ever been because it's the biggest thing in the world. So, yeah, it's sluggish a little bit. A couple people dropped off. But you know what fuels that industry? You know what fuels that league? I mean, most of you out there do. You just don't think about it. It's gambling. It's fantasy sports. It's DraftKings. It's what's the hell is the other one? The one-a-day fantasy leagues, which is just a coded name for online gambling. You know what all those people care about? They don't give a damn what happens before the game. That doesn't do shit for their fantasy team. That doesn't win them any money. They don't care about that. That wide receiver that kneeled before the game, they hope he goes for a buck 50 and three scores. That running back who might or might not have locked arms with somebody else who had his fist in the air, you know what they hope? They need 100 on the ground and a couple of scores. That's all they care about. That's what drives that league. It's not the fringe fan. doesn't drive that league. It's gambling, and it's super fanatics, like I used to be that I'm not quite as much. I'm a big Titans fan and a Titans supporter. I spend thousands of dollars a year to go see a couple of Titans games. If, you know how, if I really wanted to go see Titans a couple times a year, I could do it for free. I do everything else in life for free almost. You don't think I could barter my way into getting a couple of pairs of tickets to Titans games a couple times a year? Well, that's not really supporting the team, is it? And it's not really that I support the team. It's that I support the city of Nashville. And I have lots of friends there and trying to create more contacts there. And it's a reason to go do something. It's not because I love the NFL. I haven't watched Sunday night football. I didn't watch Monday night football when all this Dallas stuff was going on the day after or the Monday after all the, the stuff we're talking about here. I don't care about the Cowboys. I don't care about any of these teams. So the fringe fan, which I'm not because I spend the money, so I, I still consider myself a real, you know, a, a zeroed-in fan that they count on. But the fringe fan doesn't fuel this league. Degenerate gambling does, which is probably a podcast all in itself. Every now and again, it would be good to talk to yourself and tell yourself to stop being you just this once and see what happens. Well, I struggle with that, and over the weekend, I couldn't stop being me. But the guy that I had the interaction with couldn't stop being him either. Heads up. It's Stone's Throw. What? What? Oh, whoa. Back up the truck. What are you talking about? Is technology making us mentally ill? Look at me. I'm stupid. I can't do math. This is not making sense to the young adult anymore, and they're tired of it. Does that satisfy you? Are you satisfied now? So this is almost like a sorry, not sorry moment. So from here on out, this is pretty much all going to be about the pilgrimage festival Excuse me, in Franklin, Tennessee. I often will say Nashville, or I'm up in Nashville. This week was in Franklin. And it turns out it was going to be the Sunday uh, day of the of the festival was on Titans Sunday. And, of course, didn't know this was going to be this crazy firestorm of uh, brain-damaged morons all over yelling at each other and that the president was going to say stuff that uh, is absolutely ridiculous. And I, but I didn't even really realize much of any of it until till Monday. I was, at, I was on a festival. I, it was a leave. It wasn't a camping festival, but I didn't plug into much and and in this area our phones they worked for texting and calls but getting data was really sketchy so i didn't see a lot of this stuff until i got back but on that sunday the titans played the seahawks in one of the more anticipated games they've had in the last couple of years and it was really really fun game and uh and then eddie vetter was playing uh Sunday night and the, the times made it to where I couldn't go to both and I had tickets to both but I, I couldn't go to both and and 
if I, I felt like if I tried to go to them both, I'd ruin them both. So I'd rather just zero in on one and focus in on that. I think I made the right decision. I know I made the right decision. So I'll talk more about the, the festival itself uh, later. But so Sunday, I'm, I'm hanging around in this area. It's the Shady Grove. It's literally where the trees and the shade is. And I'm ta- I ran into like four or five friends, and we're all catching up and talking. And, you know, we've had a couple of drinks, but no, no one's bombed or even really intoxicated at this point. We're just, it's a festival, man. That's what we do. And so I, I looked behind me, and I realized there was this guy sitting behind me and in a chair, like in a fold-out chair, stay, uh, you know, tailgate kind of chair, camping chair. And I, 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 was, I realized I was right all up in his, in his junk, man. I was like all invading his personal space. And I turned, I was like, dude. I'm so sorry I didn't see you there. I, I, I'll get. Out. He's like, oh man, no, you're good, no problem. I was like, oh, okay, cool. But anyway, yeah, no, I wouldn't want somebody that close to me. And so I moved over. And then after a minute or two, or however long it was, he looked up and I had my Pearl Jam shirt on. Of course, it wasn't a Pearl Jam show; it was Eddie Vedder, which are two distinctively different things. And he said, he's like, hey, uh, so uh, what time's Pearl Jam tonight? Uh, Eddie Vedder is tonight at like 7.20 or 7.15 or something like that. It's like, no, uh, I'm hearing that Pearl Jam's going to be here, the whole band. And this is where I couldn't just not be me. And I I said, you know, I'm paraphrasing everything clearly, but it's like, whoa, 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 hold on. What, what, is, what, is, what are you talking about Pearl Jam's going to be here? He's like, no, there's a there's a rumor going around that uh, that that all the band members here, and I don't know if because the Seattle Seahawks were in town or something, I, I don't know. And I said, wait, hold on, hold on, who is telling you that this is happening? I need, I need. What, are you seeing? Is there a social media handle? Do you have somebody's name? Is it a festival organizer? Who's telling you that the entire band of Pearl Jam is here? It's like, man, the same people that told me that Chris Stapleton was going to be here with Justin Timberlake the night before. Now, I'm pretty sure Justin Timberlake and Chris Stapleton was announced that that was going to happen. It's a side note here. But at that point, I said, okay, again, answer the question. Who told you that Chris Stapleton was going to be here and was correct? And then who now told you Pearl Jam's going to be here? You can't just tell me something like this. And then expect me to be, oh, hey, oh, oh, man, that's awesome. I can't wait. Did y'all, hey, did y'all hear this? Pearl Jam's going to be here because this guy just told me. Now, I'm, I'm being a little bit uh, overdramatic in this state. I, I wasn't quite that, you know, um, over the top, but I was very, I was very emphatic. Like, well, hold on, man. I need, I need, I, I can't settle with this. This doesn't work well for me. And then he kind of, I mean, th- this guy also, he was totally out of place. I don't mean to sound like a judgmental dickhead here, but he he, he had khakis and like this this uh, plaid shirt tucked in. You know, I'm over here wearing this big stupid trucker hat and I haven't shaved in a week and a half. I've got socks pulled up to my knees like from the 70s. I look like a, a you know, a, 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 a circus freak almost, as do many people at festivals. And this guy's sitting here in khakis and a plaid shirt like, what are you doing here? Why are you sp- spreading bullshit information? That's how I was looking at it. And so then he walks off. I think he was irritated with me. Actually, I know he was. I wasn't putting two and two together on that just yet. And then, so I start talking to, uh, and there's another girl uh, in our little group of the people I just met. And she said, and I start talking about this out loud. Like, what? can you believe this guy? Just has no idea where he heard this. And he's just telling, he's just spreading bad information i consider it lying to me and the girl there says oh oh that my that was the person i uh, my boss a girl i work with she just said she heard the same thing and i said who is she does she have connections with the festival does she have uh, some kind of inside information that you can you can verify Oh, no. Then, then I said she probably just got done talking to this guy, and he told her that, and they're now both spreading rumors. Now, okay, now I'm coming across as kind of a dick here. And so after a few minutes, and all this kind of dies off, the buddy I met up with from Nashville, one of my friends, I said, man, I think that guy got really pissed off at me. Like, I think he got a little mad. He's like, dude, you were a total dick to him. <laughs> and I said, what do you, wait, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, dude. 
That guy, and this is just him, you know, this is conjecture, him making this up, but he probably is right. He's like, that guy, all he wanted to do was probably was make your day by telling you some information you might not have known. And then you got all up on him about, you know, give me give me your sources. How do you know this? And I think he was taken aback by it because he was but he was expecting you to be excited about it. Well, Matt, my friend, you know me and you know that's not how that's going to work. And so I, I, I just I kind of started to think about it and I thought it was a little a little funny because I wasn't I didn't. I overreacted. My emotions took over a little bit because I don't want to be lied to. And I hate people who spread rumors that unless they feel like it's strong, like they've got real sources, I'm okay with, hey, man, I heard this from this person who knows this, who knows them. And there's a likelihood that something like this might happen. Like, I'm okay with that as long as you word it out correctly. But just, oh, yeah, hey, uh, the whole band of Pearl Jam is going to be here and... uh yeah, it's totally true. That's what they say. Who is they? Doesn't work for me. And so I kind of thought it was funny. And then later on, when uh, one of the guys that we were with wasn't there, and he he showed up, he's like, "Hey, what's been going on?" He's like, "Man, you should have seen Stone earlier. This guy told him Pearl Jam was going to be here, and they're like, they grabbed him and slammed him up against the wall and said, "Who the hell told you this?" And that's not the way it went. But it it was it was embellished for the sake of uh, of humor. But it really does come down to you're spreading bad information. It comes to say the fake news, the all this stuff we hear people just just throw around these these buzzwords. It's spreading bad information that you have no idea whether it's true and presenting it as fact. And that is lying. That is the same thing as lying to people. And part of the problem why people why this guy probably did think he was doing something friendly he was doing something he thought would probably make my day better because he seems said yeah I brought it up because I saw your Pearl Jam shirt he thought he was doing something that was going to make my day better when in reality what he was doing was effing my day up with false information it's this whole thing these, these annoying ass hey how's it going everybody how's your weekend uh, no you're not being kind you're being annoying the driver who decides to sit at the four-way stop and, and wave drivers along that's not being courteous. That's not following the damn rules and being a rude asshole. It's the perception that is so off here. And we're so okay with bad information being spread that it's people are having the perception that doing this is somehow enlightening people. That's not, that's not how it is. And that goes all the way back to, you know, I, I've said this many times over on the old radio station, that commercial from years ago. Uh, it's a credit card commercial or something. And it was this flip back and forth. It's a good commercial, technically. It's a very good commercial. But it's mom with the kids, dad with the kids. Mom with the kids, dad with the kids. Mom's with the kids doing something dad doesn't like. Hey, don't tell dad. Hey, don't. Hey, just don't tell your father. Hey, we'll do this. Don't tell daddy. Then we go over here. Hey, don't tell your mother. Oh, make sure mom doesn't find out about this. It's because we've normalized lying to each other. You know why that commercial's good? You know why that commercial is effective? It's because... It's true. <laughs> That's why it's effective. It's because it's true. Stop lying to people and spreading false information haphazardly is lying to people. Allowing people to believe something that isn't true, even if you didn't lead them to believe it, is lying to people. It's deceitful. It, at, at best case, it's just a regular old lie. At worst case, it's wrong slash can be evil leave it to arrogant asshole white people to coin a, ter- a phrase for it a little white lie it's just a white lie you're a white guy so you can get away with a white lie we actually call lies that don't matter when i believe that virtually all lies matter all lies matter i should hashtag that all lies matter Actually, I think I'm on to something. I'm going to come back to that. All lies matter. But we actually coin it a white lie. I don't know. Is a black lie one that we shouldn't? Black lies matter too, don't they? Oh, jeez. I'm getting tired. I'm getting tired. like working up a sweat. All right. This is the Rollins Band um, from 1994. One of the most incredibly 
uh, I don't even know what the right word is, authentically put together songs to describe the lion-ass nature of society. I am a liar from Henry Rollins, who I saw a three-hour spoken word stand-up uh, back in 2008, and it was one of the coolest nights ever. I'd love to meet the guy. He's, he's, he's one of my favorites, who I actually don't follow that much, but Rollins Band, I am a liar. I'll tell you all about the rest of the Pilgrimage Festival in Franklin, Tennessee, coming up next on the most listened to, the most downloaded, the most easily accessible podcast in the city of Chattanooga. Like, share, and always love. Rate and review if you get a chance. My name is Brian Stone, and I will be right back. But if you give me just one more chance, I swear I will never lie to you again. Because now I see the destructive power of a lie. They're stronger than truth. I can't believe I ever hurt you. I swear I will never lie to you again. Please, just give me one more chance. Tell a lie. I will never tell a lie. No, no. to see one of these NFL owners when somebody disrespects our flag to say get that son of a bitch off the field right now out he's fired he's fired I'm feeling like a, what would I what would, what would you do you'd, you'd scream at this guy and go what the fuck what the fuck how could this fucking happen I'm, I'm gonna say it tonight here in Nashville what the fuck Can you please stop? Just stop. Uh, now that I think we've gotten that out of the way, I think it's going to be a great night. Don Trump in Alabama. Eddie Vedder in Franklin, Tennessee at the Pilgrimage Festival over this past weekend. Society, you're crazy. Society, you're a crazy breed. Crazy indeed. Crazy indeed. I hope you're not lonely without me. Society, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. I hope you're not angry if I disagree. Society from Into the Woods, Eddie Better. 2008, I believe. And so when I was walking around, just put the wraps on the thoughts from the last segment, when I was walking around the festival, after this guy had told me this bogus false information, which, by the way, there was no Pearl Jam members other than Matt Cameron, who just came up and played one song with Eddie, that's the drummer. Hardly uh, accounts for something we need to get excited about. I mean, I love Matt Cameron, but whatever. That's not that doesn't that didn't create excitement. So I'm walking around, and 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 the Pearl Jam Nation, the Eddie Vedder slash Pearl Jam, the phenomenon that is the cult following of this band. We're a very tight group, and if you if you've got the gear on, sometimes you don't even have to have specific like band shirts. Like you can wear certain things that you know come from that culture from that from that walk of life like there's a certain shirt i wear it's a it's the it's a shirt from the single soundtrack i wear it it's a black shirt and i wear a, another little shirt over it the same kind of thing that Eddie, basically i try to clone myself after eddie better I, yeah I, guilty as charged i'm a super fan but um there's a shirt from the single soundtrack 
It doesn't say Pearl Jam anywhere on it. And based on the way that I wear it, anybody who knows anything is like, oh, man, that's it right there, bro. And so there's certain things that you say or do or the way that you act that you, that, that creates a brotherhood with people you don't even know. It's really a fascinating thing. And it happens in lots of other cultures of, of, of small cult, uh, cult followings like uh, why the jam bands uh, scene and and I'm sure it transcends uh, lots of, of of different genres. I'm sure the Hank Williams Jr. you know red asses out there have certain things that they know that that they just automatically tip them off. Whatever. So I see these people and everywhere I see and a lot of times you you kind of tip your head and you you know you point at them you put your thumbs up and you're like yeah we're all in this together. And so there's a handful of them that I wanted to say hey dude have you have you heard anything about potential Pearl Jam members going to be here? Because when that was told to me earlier, I failed to mention, that was early in the day. I had like four hours to stew on this. But because I'm not an irresponsible asshole, I knew that bringing that up would in itself fuel more speculation. Asking that question, and even if it's all prefaced correctly, would still fuel that gossip. So I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I, I text my uh, my buddy Nate Gale, who couldn't make it to the show. I said, "Dude, my internet is uh, data is totally not working. Can you please just do a mass search? Is anybody from the band of Pearl Jam in Nashville for the Seahawks or for any reason? And do you, is there any way they might be here? Because if he looks that up, gives me a source, and tells me, well, now we're on the beat. <laughs> now we're spreading information that could be true." speculation that is worth having so anyway put the wraps on that so the festival is in franklin tennessee just outside of brentwood it is speaking of white things and white lies and white people it is the richest whitest ass area i have ever seen well outside of the community in southern california of oceanside that i went to that i was actually born in oceanside california when I went back out there in 06, I was like, this is the whitest, richest area I've ever been in. That was that was bigger, but this is still pretty big. It's also, you know, you're down the street from Jack White's house. You're down the street from uh, who else? Trisha Yearwood's house. I mean, this, this is the neighborhood where all these people live. And the lead singer of Better Than Ezra, if you remember that band, the wow, it was good living with you, that band, they had like uh, two or three other songs. He's one of the guys who put this together or at least one of the founding members. And then over the few years, I have other people jumping on. This is the third year. Well, this year, Justin Timberlake, who is now a Franklin resident as well, decided to get behind it. And, I mean, they, they don't have a budget, I wouldn't think, to book an act like Justin Timberlake if there was no connection. From what, all I can tell, it's that they got together and for this third year and said, let's blow this thing out. Let's really... Do a big let's do a big weekend. Let's charge let's charge these tickets at a really premium price. And let's, you know, I'll play JT talking, he'll play Saturday night. I'm sure there's a connection between uh Ed Vetter and, and JT somewhere. And, you know, he was free. It was the final night of his little small leg of a tour. Come on down to Nashville, we'll take care of you. Close us out on a Sunday. And then stacked in in between, there was some there were some great bands, a lot of stuff that's uh, up and coming. Some of it I can't even remember their names. There was a, on on a Saturday I saw Better Than Ezra. Speaking of which, who that dude, the singer, is is about a big a dorky douchebag as you'll ever see on stage. But I still had fun with it. Then Gary Clark Jr. Then the uh, Avett Brothers, Avett Brothers, Avett Brothers. I always forget how you say that. Man, they are God. They're so good. You forget how good they are. And then uh, Justin Timberlake that night. And he played a bunch of stuff I've never heard of. Um, I don't even know the names of any of his songs. Chris Stapleton did come out and play with them. They played about four songs, three songs maybe, one of them being Tennessee Whiskey, uh, the old George Jones song. I believe it was George that wrote it first. Almost every country artist ever has played it at least once. But what I don't like is is that Stapleton right now, it became big in, in uh, you know his circles. I think his version's the worst. Of any one I've ever heard. But it was still fun. And then at the end, when he played some songs that were from his, I guess that everybody knows, Bringing Sexy Back or whatever, I only recognized it because I recognized the words in the song. I didn't recognize it because I've ever actually heard it. 
there was another song that he played that I recognized because he said, I'll have you naked at the end of this song, which is the end of the lyrics from the Janet Jackson stupid stuff at the Super Bowl back in 2004. It's the only reason I'd heard of that. Overall, it was background noise while I walked around and drank some $11 gin and tonics. It really wasn't that much fun, but it was worth doing. It was totally worth doing, plus the the earlier part of the day was uh, a lot of fun. And it was like 90 degrees both days. But so the layout of the festivals in these kind of rolling hills in this, you know, the really nice neighborhood, but there's just kind of a little section where there's not, not as many uh, houses. And it's kind of rolling hills. And if you think about the movie Beetlejuice and you think about the house that uh, Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin lived in, I don't remember their character names, uh, of that movie. And just kind of think about that farm kind of, I don't remember where that, that it's almost feels like that might have been the Northeast. New England or something where that might have taken place. I'm not sure. It might have been fictional all the way around. I don't know. But it really kind of had that feeling. A lot of white uh, plantation-style houses off in the, in the distance, up perched up on these big hills. And it was really a comfortable layout. It was very neat. It was very simple. It was very clean. It was very easy to figure out how to get around. little understaffed, but that's to be understood. Uh, lines for beers and drinks were, eh, at times, pretty frustrating. Food lines a couple times were pretty frustrating. Bathroom lines weren't too bad. Portalettes were pretty clean. And uh, overall, it was a comfortable uh, com- comfortable property that it would have been great if I didn't have to leave and I could have just gone and slept in a, in a tent, but that's not how this one worked. So Sunday rolls around, and at this point, this is really all about Eddie Vedder, like for me. Like I'll catch anything I can leading up to it, but I'm not all that worried about much else. So I bounced around a little bit. It, it, from the distance, heard this. And that and other stuff I recognized. There was a, a great version of uh, I Know You Rider by one of the, oh, is it Marty? What, damn it, I'm blanking. I don't have anything in front of me right now. But um, it, that was pretty cool. But this was kind of neat where our parking was. You could really just have sat in your car and or on top of the truck, put some lawn chairs, and listen to the main stage without any problem, without even walking in the place. So I hung out there and drank free light beer for a few hours off and on because the day before I didn't know the layout yet and I was in there paying for beers I shouldn't have been when I should have just been smuggling my own in. Which so I'll just I'll just I'll just uh, whisper that real quick so no one can hear it. So Sunday I'm hanging around later on the tie find the Titans game is a big craft beer uh, tent and it's got like five TVs a couple of them are huge it's awesome about I mean not far at all I'm not good at eyeballing distances but half a football length from like 50 yards from where this TV, all these TVs and shade is, is Ryan Adams on the second stage. And Ryan Adams is really good if he wants to be. And he's kind of a moody musician. He was on it, on it that day. So I had my radio with me. So I was listening to the Titans game. So when it, me and me and my buddy Jeremy were going from, from Ryan Adams, then back over to the Titans game, then back over to Ryan Adams, and then back over to the Titans game. And uh, then we made one ma- one last run out to drink light beer again. I filled up my pocket with sunflower seeds and a, uh, and everything, I, my flashlights and everything I needed. We got back in there, got my last drink of the day, uh, listened to uh, Ryan Adams' last song, um, New York. I think it's the, I still love you, New York, that song. And then uh, went over and watched Eddie Vedder. And one more thing before I talk about the Eddie Vedder thing, and this is going to be almost like uh, completely hypocritical. I'm pretty sure my friend Leslie said that uh, on social media that Jason Isbell showed up to play with Amanda Shires. I didn't see that myself. I didn't research it out, um, but I, I, I'm pretty sure she posted that. So if that is true, then that certainly was uh, pretty cool. But but if there's a rumor that doesn't really matter, it's a rumor that something might have happened a week ago that's not consequential to anything. But Vetter did his typical stuff. He, uh, you know, you heard it coming in from that last segment. He talked a little bit of, you know, politics stuff like he always does and always will. He doesn't do it sometimes. He doesn't do it, uh, you know, many times. He doesn't do it when he's in a bad mood. He doesn't do it uh, more than some would like. He does it every damn time, every single time. But played uh, stuff that Pearl Jam fans know, like Elderly Woman, Sometimes Just Breathe. Again, these aren't really well-known songs. Elderly Woman is, but uh, Hide Your Love Away from The Beatles, Cat Stevens, uh, Trouble, Cat Powers, Good Woman. That's one I didn't know. I remember hearing a song like, what the hell is this? That was the Cat Power song. Uh, Should I Stay or Should I Go? 
Well, who is that? Is that the Clash or the Cars? Which one is that? I always forget. That's the Clash. And uh, isn't it a pity? George Harrison, Better Man, Hard Sun, uh, Rise, Society, Guaranteed, a lot of the stuff from the end of the Wild soundtrack. And then it was over. And that was it. And it was a lot of fun. And it was simple and it was easy. And it also was kind of nice. This is where the white privilege is nice to have. It's kind of area you can leave your cooler in your car. You're 100, 200 yards away, and uh, and you don't have to worry about anybody stealing your stuff. You don't have to lock your cars. You know these are. This is a high-end neighborhood. There's no riffraff. You know you're you're in a safe setting, and so um, I, I I don't know what I mean. I don't know what my greater point is. It was just it was a comfortable place, and it was really the final big event for me of the year. I'll go to a Titans game again. I'll catch another show or two here or there. But as far as a big weekend of spending money and acting kind of a fool, that was pretty much it for 2017. This is a uh, it's the best version I could find via YouTube and somebody's smartphone. The Tennessee Whiskey song from George Jones that was played by Justin Timberlake. And that's going to put the wraps on this show. And I certainly do appreciate it. I went a little long again today. I try to be as careful as I can to not alienate people to not irritate people in a in a in a purposeful way i know i don't i fail at that a lot but i do try like it is in my intentions is to keep things as civil and in between the digits as possible and i i, I hope you agree that i at least uh, come close at times to, to to accomplishing that do not be a fraud be authentic do not spread fraudulent information the truth is always easy to remember and continue to watch this space as things are still slowly starting to, uh, to to evolve and change into new kind of ideas for this show and for my life all the way around. But I'll let you worry about you and I'll worry about me and we will see you next week. See you later. Bye.